0: Welcome to the After the Bell podcast, brought to you by Connex Education Academy. Our podcast is here to help teachers, leaders and tutors. We will be discussing the latest issues in education and sharing top tips for use in the classroom, both face to face or virtually. Welcome back to your weekly educational podcast from Connects Academy. We return to focus on a SENCO to practice, and I'm joined again by our experts, Andy Bridge, a current deputy head teacher, and Debbie Davis, head teacher of a primary school. Both are experienced SENCOs. So let's look at preparation for adulthood and the SENCO practice today. Support provided for children with SEND is ultimately there to help them to make progress, secure positive outcomes and be ready to thrive more independently in adulthood. In this episode, we're now going to chat about how the Code of Practice helps to prepare children with SEND for adulthood. So, Andy, great to have you here today with me. Could you start by explaining how the Code of Practice supports the preparation of children with SEND?
1: Yeah, of course. So, uh, you know, as we've said previously, the Code of Praxis is a legal document. Um, so it is statutory guidance that we must all follow. And that outlines the steps that need to be taken to ensure that smooth transition into adulthood. And we've, we've talked about it previously, but I um, often like to think of it as we've put the support in place, um, whatever the support is that child needs, we've we put that all in place and get them through school. But we've always got to have at the back of our mind, how are we going to gradually remove it and when and what will that process of gradually removing the support look like so that when they do um, leave that setting, they're, they're, they've got their independence. And part of that might be doing preparation for life beyond school, such as a focus on independent living, shopping, travel training, uh, you know, get how you get on a bus and a train independently and you find your own route to a different place and searching for jobs and writing applications, interview skills, how to participate in society, all those things are the kind of things that a child with SEN may or may not need some additional work with Um, and, and it's really important that we prepare them for those things before they do leave our setting.
2: Yeah, I mean that—that's right. And the code of practice recognises that preparing individuals for adulthood isn't just about academic achievement. It's about equipping them with skills and knowledge that they can that they need to thrive independently. And and this includes providing support in areas such as social and emotional development, communication, and daily living skills. Like like Andy says, you know, catching a bus, even you know. So, yeah, that you are right, Andy. There. I
0: think it it also is something that is woefully overlooked is, you know, there's the expectations they're fully supported in education, but as soon as they actually go out into the big wide adult world, then they're they're left to fend for themselves. So actually having specific provisions in place is really, really important. What what specific provisions does the Code of Practice make to support the transition into adulthood, Andy? You,
1: You know, we've talked a lot about person-centred planning and person-centred provision and obviously, you know, from early years up to post 16 preparation for adult life, that's going to look very different um at each, you know, as, as the journey of the child progresses. And at, at this stage, in, when we're looking at progression to adulthood, I think it's about looking at what are the difficulties, what are the barriers, um, and what might they need some additional support with. So if you know, for example, um that you've got a student who struggles with numbers um and finds numbers difficult to manage and they're also i don't know perhaps quite naive perhaps quite trusting then you might be thinking actually there's there's a risk that this person isn't going to manage money well there's a risk that they might end up in debt that they could end up um i don't know using payday loans and end up in a real mess so we're going to put a package of support in place to support their understanding of financial management and, and personal finance management before they leave school to address one of those vulnerabilities. Another student with SEN, you know, might be absolutely fantastic at numbers and managing money and finances and that might not be something on their radar at all, but they might need something quite different. So it, it goes back to that idea we've talked a lot about about all of these students are unique, they've all got strengths as well as um, areas that they might need our support with and, and this just needs to be something very bespoke because the difficulties one might have as they move into adulthood won't be the same as another student.
2: Yeah, I think additionally as well, Andy, you know, when when we're talking about the support that they need, we're talking about collaborative working between different agencies and we've used a lot of words again and again across these podcasts like inclusivity and communication and Again, we're talking here about communication and about collaborative work to help them to move forward and the multi-agency approach ensures that there's coordinated effort to support the young person's transition to adulthood. And by working together, we can identify and address any barriers or challenges that, that might arise. So I think at that point, I just wanted to just pop in again how important it is about collaboration and communication. That sounds quite
0: powerful, actually, Debbie. Can you provide some examples of how these provisions are implemented in practice?
2: Certainly. One example is the introduction of the Educational Healthcare Plan, and uh, that's called the EHCP um, uh, by us all, really. And these plans are developed for children and young people with more complex needs, and 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 they outline the support that. Is required to achieve their goals. The these plans are reviewed annually uh, and sometimes even brought forward if you if you want to have a, an emergency review. And they involve the young the young person, parents, and all the professionals that we've talked about um, recently in, in decision making. Um, what do, what do you, have you got any examples that you can give, Andy?
1: Yeah, do you know I, I think a good example of this, particularly when we're looking at post 16, is about work-related learning. Um many schools and colleges now um offer some kind of work experience placement type thing. I know in my um, sixth form that I work in everybody in year 12 does an internship and I think it's absolutely invaluable in preparing young people for the world of work and the increasing confidence and independence and um autonomy and, and just their understanding of the workplace when they come back from those placements And sometimes it's only, you know, five day placement, but the transformational impact that can have on the student is absolutely huge in terms of their confidence. Um, And, you know, we, we've had students with and without SEN that have gone on their placement quite anxious, quite nervous, and have, have come out the other end with a job offer, whether that is a, you know, some part time weekend work or evening work that funds them through their studies or the offer of a higher apprenticeship for when they finish college. Um, to go and continue developing in that workplace it's, it's it's huge it's such an important part of preparation for adulthood that i just don't think that that can be underestimated
2: it is and give, giving them that kind of provision and offering that it just brings so much confidence and i guess really looking at the skills gaps you know jo- georgie you've mentioned how the the scenario in terms of that transition to adulthood And if you look at the skills gaps, uh, I I mean, I've I've taught in sixth form, led sixth form, six forms in the past, and there are children who who could be open to uh, being really in difficult situations with other external people in their lives are taking advantage of them for money and uh, they don't really understand what that means and how how to manage their own monies and if you notice that and you know there's a gap there you need to plug that gap so that child and is ready to function in society and be safe really
1: yeah well, that's I just another example really i think it you know like you said it's identifying the gaps we have a lot of students um who before their work placement they have to ring up and confirm whether they need to what you know what time they need to arrive what clothing they need to wear what the arrangements are and a lot of them are absolutely terrified to make that call because they don't know how to make a formal phone call to an employer and present themselves well and we practice with them and do role plays and help them write a script and we help them consider how they're going to introduce themselves and when they walk in on the first day, how they're going to greet their employer and shake their hand, and and some of them need a lot of practice and encouragement to be able to do that. And then, um, you know, others take to it like a duck to water, but right? like, you know, it's it's individual and it's preparing them for situations that they are going to be exposed to um, in adulthood, and and helping them feel they've got the confidence to do it well.
0: It, it's well-rounded life skills, isn't it it's it's those abilities that we some of us take for granted and and naturally come to us. but you know Sen send children in particular can be more vulnerable in those circumstances. so it's great to see such a comprehensive approach being taken. What are some of the challenges that arise when preparing um children and further education students with send for adulthood Debbie?
2: So one of the main, challenges is ensuring that smooth transition between different stages of education into adult life and this requires again effective communication collaboration between all parties involved and additionally there may be challenges in um, assessing appropriate support services especially in areas where resources are are limited what what do you think Andy have you got any ideas there
1: no I think one is um In schools and colleges and early year settings, we we have this inclusive approach. We want to put all these extra things in place so that everybody can succeed. When you're then preparing a child for adulthood and maybe looking at work, there isn't always that same commitment to inclusion. And, you know, of course, employers are bound by legal frameworks like the Equality Act 2010. Um, But ultimately, a lot of employers will be driven by profit and making money, and they're not necessarily going to go out of the way to provide all of the support that we might do in a school or a college setting um, where inclusion's at the forefront of what we do. And I think it's how we prepare, you know, the students, as, as we talked about before, to deal with unfamiliar situations and how we gradually build resilience and how we um, promote that independence as they move through our settings to prepare them for some of those challenges that they might encounter um, and support them to deal with situations where unfortunately they might face discrimination of some kind and and they need support with how to deal with that and what their entitlements are and their rights and how things should be undertaken.
0: It's that it's the breaking down of barriers isn't it it's and and being prepared that it's not necessarily always going to be a a safe space environment and actually what to do in those situations. And you know, thinking about this, uh, this is obviously another challenge to promote inclusivity and break down any barriers. Debbie, what do you think?
2: Uh, you, you're right, Georgie. Promoting inclusivity and, and breaking down barriers is another uh, challenge in relation to same code of practice and preparation for adulthood. The, the code of practice recognises the importance of ensuring equal opportunities for children and young people with special educational needs and, and promoting inclusivity is absolutely fundamental practice um, in re- respect of this. And inclusivity m- involves creating an environment where individuals with with special educational needs feel valued and respected, and included in all aspects of life, including education, employment, uh, social participation. However, um, some, some barriers such as negative attitudes or lack of awareness or inadequate support systems, they really can hinder um, and be detrimental um, to promoting inclusivity, really.
0: Andy, you touched on it before, but how how do we break down these barriers?
1: Do you know, I think a lot of it is education, it's awareness. Like we do a lot of work with um the employers when we're sending students out on their internships about some of the difficulties that some of our students might face but also let's not just focus on the negatives and what they can't do let's tell them all the brilliant things that they can do um, and and how they can contribute to their workplace and to their company and what benefits they can bring to the, the business you know a, a child with SEN might a student with SEN might see things in a very different way they might bring a different perspective to the table they might um you know be able to offer alternative ways of doing things and alternative approaches to thinking about things that you might not get otherwise so I think you know let, let's not always have a deficit model let's celebrate um all the strengths and the brilliant things that students with SEN can do and can achieve and the benefits they can bring to businesses at the same time as that we educate um employers and, and other stakeholders about the importance of inclusion and the the legal frameworks and the, um, you know, their their um, requirements as an employer to support uh, employees in various ways. They they do have a legal obligation to do that, um, and we sometimes just need to support employers and, and remind them of those um, responsibilities as well.
0: I, I love that uh, concept of actually celebrating the their the differences and almost making it a superpower. Yeah. So, uh, you know, that they, they can actually bring different pers- perspectives and awareness of what life is like out there. So it it sounds like a, a really valuable um, approach as well.
1: And, um, and, you know, I think um, this is life and this is society and everybody in society is different. And if you are running a business, a certain percentage of your customers will have some form of SEND. So why would you not have a certain percentage of your staff? that also have a a special educational need or disability. And I think we should embrace that difference.
0: Very, very powerful. I think the Code of Practice emphasises also the importance of removing barriers to participation and, and promoting inclusivity through a young person's journey into adulthood. And I think by doing that, we can create a society that values the diverse abilities and contributions of individuals with special educational needs and disabilities and also supports their transition into fulfilling and independent adult lives where they thrive. Debbie, over to you.
2: So I'd I'd just like to paraphrase really a a, a statement taken from the code and I'll I'll read it, which I I think is very interesting um the CEN Code of practice highlights the significance of eliminating obstacles to active engagement and fostering inclusivity at every stage of a young person's transition into adulthood by doing so we can cultivate a society that recognizes and appreciates the unique talents and contributions of individuals with the special with special educational needs thus facilitating their journey towards meaningful independent Adult lives. I think that just sums up everything that we've been really talking about.
0: Absolutely, I I, I totally agree. Thank you both for joining me again today. We've had some great insights and, and really focused and looked at all the things we need to consider to actually support further education and, and post-adulthood as well. So we've had some great insights and we hope it's been useful for our listeners. Next week, we touch on it today, but we're actually going to look more in depth at education healthcare plans. So we hope that you'll be able to join and listen in for information around that. You can pick up our After the Bell podcast that released on a weekly basis and provide quick tips and discussions for our experts around all things educational. You can access this on your daily commute, on your treadmill or as your focus of the day. Thank you for listening to After the Bell.